0: apologize, I forgot an important prayer request this morning, and I can't tell you I have to show you so uh y'all know it's game six, those of y'all basketball fans in here, Dallas can end it tonight, so pray that God's will be done and they'll take it in six, but uh no. Thanks, Tim, for that. Tim's got a jersey on hand right there, so great. On April 19th, 1995, a yellow Ryder truck pulled into Oklahoma City and parked outside the Alfred P. Murrow building. And this truck was carrying a two-ton ammonium nitrate bomb. As you know, that bomb went off, blowing off the front half of this building, killing 168 people, including 19 children. Our country was rocked by the news because at the time it was the, the worst ever attack of, of, of terrorism on American soil. And we as a country, we just, we just looked on, wondering who could commit Such a horrible act of violence. Why would they do it? Who would do something so horrendous? Well, shortly after the bombing, we had answers, didn't we? In a short period of time, the man responsible was brought into custody, and his name was was Timothy McVeigh, a decorated war veteran. He later explained that this act of, of violence was in response to his, his distrust and his hatred toward the federal government. He shared that he began to feel this way shortly after fighting in the, in the Gulf War and was pushed over the edge after the raid in Waco. In fact, it was said the reason he targeted this particular building is because he believed that the order for the raid in Waco came from this government government buildings. So, so this act of terrorism, he viewed as a retaliation against the U.S. government for the events in Waco. Now, many of you, upon hearing this story again, you're just getting angry all over again, aren't you? I mean, it's just infuriating. You're thinking to yourself again, what, what a wicked man. can't believe he would, he would do something like that. How could a person be so messed up? That's just madness. That's pure evil. And though I agree with you 100%, let's be honest this morning. Though I know none of us in here would ever think of any kind of, of, uh, of action like that and taking even matters into our own hands, but all of us, at, at one time or another, we have had a certain amount of distrust to those who are in positions of authority, haven't we? Especially when it comes to elected officials. Now, I'm not in any way putting you in a camp with the McVeighs and the radicals out there, not not in the least bit. But at one time or another, all of us, we have shown a a lack of, of confidence in and even a distaste for the goings on in Washington, haven't we? Every one of us, at one time or another, We've asked questions like, do they really have my best interest in mind? Are they really concerned with me? Are they concerned with doing what's right? Or are they just concerned with getting reelected? I mean, we've all asked these questions at one time or another, haven't we? If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. This morning, we are continuing our series through Ecclesiastes entitled Lessons Learned Under the Sun, and we're going to be looking at chapter 8, verses 2 through 9 this morning. And as we've already talked about already, in the first seven chapters of this book, Solomon just discusses a wide range of topics, doesn't he? From work, to money, to materialism, to success, to religious beliefs and practices, Just all sorts of things under the sun. And and this morning, Solomon, he is going to continue with this thorough examination of life under the sun by talking about authority. Now, if you're there already, skip down to verse number 9. I know we don't normally jump around in the text like this, but but we need to here because verse 9 is a summary statement of this passage here. In it, Solomon says this, All this I have observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun when man had power over man to his hurt. So what Solomon is writing about in this passage here, he's saying, I have observed firsthand, like, like other things that he's addressed, Other matters he's addressed under the sun. But especially when it comes to earthly authorities, Solomon is an expert, right? Because he's king. He was king. He had exercised authority over others. So he's speaking from experience here. And once again, what Solomon's going to do is he is going to display for us his wisdom as he explains how to properly respond to to authority to those, who are, to, to those who are over us. I mean, let's be honest. It doesn't get much more practical than that, does it? I mean, this, is, this speaks directly to us, doesn't it? It speaks directly to us and our culture because each and every one of us, we have strong opinions when it comes to authority, especially those elected officials who are over us. And our opinions are often negative, aren't they? When we think about authority, some of the first words that come to mind are words like abuse, oppression, and corruption. Solomon, however, he's going to give us a biblical perspective of authority this morning from Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And he is going to tell us how we are to respond to and how we are to think about earthly Authorities all right, so let's let's get started. Here's the, here's the first principle here. Number one, in making sense of earthly authorities, we have to understand the importance of earthly authorities. Solomon says in verse two, "I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Now, because we don't have a monarchical form of government, We have to step out of our context here and and step into Solomon's to better understand verse 2. In in the Old Testament, there were monarchies in place. And and the, the king, during these days, he required total and absolute obedience from his followers. In fact, his followers had to swear an oath to the king, that they would be obedient no matter what, which could be good or bad, right? Depending upon who was in power. But, but they had to commit to and remain faithful to these rulers regardless. Now, many tend to think when, when approaching verses like this and others like it, they tend to think, well, I don't live in a monarchical form of government, so I'm just going to pass over that. Because that's, that's not speaking to me at all, you know? That doesn't speak to where I am. But, but that's not necessarily the case here. I mean whether it be a king or an elected official or a boss or or a parent we are to submit to authorities over us and at times the bible addresses those other authorities doesn't it i mean kids in here what does god tell who does god tell you to to obey from his word your parents right yeah so the, 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 the practical application here in this text is we are to submit to and keep the commands of our earthly authorities. Now, there's a problem. Like I've said already, in our day and age, our problem is we don't like authority. We don't. I mean, we were taught from a young age to challenge authority. Any of y'all, have any of y'all seen the bumper sticker that says, Question Authority? challenge authority and as a result of that influence in our society our our kids as well as us as adults we have lost respect or or we haven't had respect for authority to to begin with like I said earlier we view words like submission and authority as as bad words in our society don't we we do Solomon, however, he says we need to to learn, to submit to and be committed to our authorities because being under authority, get this, this is so key, it's not just a good thing, it's a God thing. It is. Do you know that God demonstrates this for us? He does. With the way he relates to himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we see within the very relationship of the Trinity both authority and submission. Let me give you an example. God the Father sends the Son to earth, and the Son is led by the Spirit doing the will of the Father. After Christ returns to be with the Father, the Spirit comes, and the role of the Holy Spirit is to fulfill the, work of, uh, to fulfill the will of Christ and to point to Christ and to elevate Christ. And then who does the father give the name to that is above all names the Lord Jesus You see authority and submission within God himself within the Trinity So authority and submission they are it, it's it's not just a good thing it's a God thing Whether it be in politics, in education, in the workplace, or in the homes, these authorities, get this, they are God-ordained. God has has structured our world in this way. He has. And these authorities should be followed. God's word is, is clear that we should humbly submit to and obey earthly authorities because that's what's pleasing to him. So we need to we need to understand the importance of earthly authorities. Number two. Don't rebel against earthly authorities. Verse three. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. This verse, I mean, man, it, it, it speaks so clearly to us. I mean, oftentimes. When we don't like what who, someone in charge, what they're doing, or if we don't get our way, our solution is simple. I'm out. I quit. I'm done. I remember a few years ago, a few of the celebrities who were unhappy with the state of things in our country talking about moving to Canada or moving somewhere else. And, and for some of them, I was like, good. <laughs> They said, I, you know, I don't like the way decisions are being made by our elected officials, so I'm gone. I'm out of here. And, and this is often our attitude when it, when it comes to authority. I know people who have walked out of a job because they didn't get the, the time off they requested, walk out of a marriage over petty differences, or leave a church over carpet color. It's happened. We see this all the time in our world. Solomon says, don't just leave when someone disagrees with you. Don't just write them off. Don't just cut out. I love the movie Town. Any of y'all seen that movie, Town? It's a great movie. Uh, in it, um, the main character, Orlando Bloom, is, is having thoughts of ending his life because he, he just fell miserably at his job and cost his company a ton of money. And in it, his love interest, Kirsten Dunst, she gives him some great advice. She says this, have the courage to fail big and stick around. That's true greatness to me. Make them wonder why you're still smiling. I love that advice. Because it's so easy for us just to check out when times don't go our way, when things get rough. That's easy. True greatness, however, is is staying, being committed, seeing it through. Solomon goes on to say, Don't take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. Once again, what Solomon's saying is so true to life here. Oftentimes when people have an issue with authority, they cut out, but rarely do they go quietly, do they? Instead, they take a stand. And their evil cause, and they stir things up, make matters worse. Listen, if our leaders are appointed by God, and, and God is clear in His Word that we are to submit to their authority, how much worse is it for us not to just oppose authority, but to stir others up to oppose authority as well? Now, there are certain exceptions to this. I realize, and we're going to address those here in just a moment, but, but get the point Solomon's making here when talking about submitting to authority. His, his point is this. Don't just, don't just cut and run at the first sign of trouble. Don't just be opposed to authority because of petty differences. Don't just stir up trouble for no good reason. Instead, humbly submit yourself to authority. Don't rebel against earthly authorities. Number three, have the proper respect for earthly authorities. Verse four, Solomon says, for the word of the king is supreme and who may say to him, what are you doing? Another reason we have difficulty with authority is because many of us trust ourselves and think higher of ourselves than than we do anybody else. We do. We have our own ways of doing things, and we think our own ways are the right ways and and the only way of doing it. Those of y'all that know Leslie, my wife, she loves to decorate, and at times I like to mess with her, and I'll come in and be like, "Are you sure that goes together? That that color scheme and that you know?" And of course, she'll she'll look at me like, "Are you crazy? You know, you're going to tell me what?" goes with what and what color scheme, you know, and she'll be like, trust me, it's going to look fine. And of course it does. And I'm just messing with her because I know nothing about that kind of stuff. I can't even arrange a garage, but, um, um, but at times we do this, don't we? We do. We, we question, ask questions on certain things that we know nothing about. For those of y'all that have ever been in a position of of authority, whether it be a manager or supervisor or have owned your own business, have you ever had advice from people who have never been a manager, never been a supervisor, never owned their own business? I had a run-in with a guy at a previous church. Not a run-in, but just a conversation. And uh, he had been there, I think, a week. And uh, he came in and began to kind of, you know, just tell me all the stuff I needed to do differently. And I didn't say this, but I was thinking this, I have to be honest. I was thinking, really? And you've been here how long? You know, you pastored how many churches? You know, it it just, and and he didn't get, uh, he didn't get his way and he eventually, eventually left. He didn't stay long, but, but this is Solomon's point here. He is is warning against just questioning and refusing to go along with those who are in positions of leadership and authority because you think your way is best. Solomon wants us to realize these people, they're in positions of authority and leadership for a reason. Therefore, we need to trust in them. He says the word of the king is supreme. In other words, people are in positions of leadership and authority for a reason. Therefore, we need to trust in that, and we need to follow them. Now, some of you are probably thinking, okay, I admit. I have issue with authority. I'll I'll be the first to admit that. I question authority. I have trouble submitting to authority. I've even rebelled against authority, but that's earthly authority. I mean, that's just man. Man's sinful. Man's broken. You know, I I trust in myself more than I trust in any one of them. Understand this, and this is so key, okay? The way we deal with earthly authorities is almost always the way we're going to deal with God. That's true. Here's the deal. If you can't go along with and obey earthly authorities... If you can't humbly submit to those who are over you, those earthly authorities who are visible and tangible, how in the world are you going to commit to and obey and submit to an invisible authority whom you've never seen? How are you going to submit to God? We think on the one hand, we can treat all earthly authorities just just terribly, you know? I don't have to listen to anybody. If my boss gives me trouble, I quit. If my my wife gives me trouble, I'm gone. If my church gives me trouble, I'm out. That's the way we think. But on the other hand, when it comes to God, oh, with God though, oh, how I humbly submit to your authority, how, how I rely upon you, how I'm humbled in your presence. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't we're constantly teaching our daughters to obey us for one reason they are supposed to obey us because they're supposed to obey God and and God says that that children are to obey their parents so so we're constantly teaching them Ava right now and Edie later on we are we have to make you obey us you are supposed to obey us because God's Word says that you're to obey us and you're being disobedient by not doing so. But we're teaching them. As you're under this earthly authority, we are teaching them, and hopefully one day she will live under God's authority in that way. So we need to learn to trust in those who are in positions of authority. Number four, obey the commands of earthly authorities. Solomon says in verse 5, Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing. Wow. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Now, what does Solomon mean here? Does he mean that if we just obey earthly authorities, we will never experience trouble? Is that what Solomon's saying? No, he's being poetic here. He's, he's using hyperbole, which is consistent with, uh, with the way he's uh, uh, written throughout the book. He is uh, just making a deliberate exaggeration to make a point. He is guaranteeing that, he's not guaranteeing that if you obey every time, you will not have any kind of difficulty in this life. He's just making the point that obedience to authority, it, it yields better results in this life. Think this through with me. If I always drove the speed limit, and I'm sorry, James, I have to, where's James? Sorry, I have to tell you, I wish I could tell you I did, but I, I don't. Sometimes I mess up, but I need to keep that in check. But, but if I did, when I drove through a speed trap and passed the cop, my heart wouldn't leap out of my chest, and I wouldn't pump my brakes looking in the rear view going, oh, please don't let those blue lights come on. See what I'm saying? How many of y'all have experienced that? Don't worry, James, he hadn't caught you in the act, so all right. If, if you're on the up and up, when, 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 when your, your taxes when you file for your taxes, no worries, right? Remember, we talked about a few weeks ago that 40 percent that of people knowingly cheat on their taxes, so that means 40 percent of people would be fearful of an IRS audit, wouldn't they? But listen, if you haven't cut corners, you can just sit back and relax, can't you? Because obedience to authority, it does yield better results. How about this one? Most of you in the workplace, you ever worry about your boss coming by and catching you in a heated game of solitaire? Or maybe if you got, for those of y'all with iPhones, Angry Birds? Some some of y'all know what I mean, right? Angry Birds? Yeah, that game's fun. Um, But I don't do it up here at church. Um, But if you follow Paul's advice in Colossians 3.23 when he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. you got nothing to worry about, right? When your boss comes by, whether he does or he or she does or not, you are working as unto the Lord and you have nothing to worry about. Those of y'all that are here that have taken Solomon's advice, isn't it great to live with a clear conscience? To not worry about all the, the consequences that will come if you're caught cutting corners. I mean, that's, that's his point. When I was in seminary, I worked as an accounting clerk at a, at a cardiology clinic. And, and it was while I was in seminary, so although I knew I wasn't going to be doing that the rest of my life, I made a commitment right there that I was going to work... To the Lord, I was gonna, but because my boss, it was good. My office manager went to my church. I wanted to be a good witness, so I just day in day out got there on time and and just worked to the glory of God. I truly did, and uh, I found it was a extremely wise for me to do because not only did I not have to 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 be Worried all the time about getting caught slacking or getting called down. But also my my co-workers and my office manager and even the CEO of the company took notice. It turned out to be a great witness for Christ. So when you obey earthly authorities, not only is it going to, to yield better results for you and keep you out of trouble, but it's also going to be honoring and glorifying god number five know the proper time to oppose authority some of y'all are like yes knew this was coming okay here we go many of you have been waiting for this point from the beginning you're probably thinking to yourself okay i know I'm to obey earthly authority. I'm to submit. I'm not to rebel against. But are there any exceptions to this? Well, look at the uh, second half of verse 5 into verse 6. Solomon says, And the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. You'll remember in the first part of verse 5, Solomon, he, he calls us to obey the commands of earthly authorities. But, but here in the second part, he explains that a wise and discerning person will know the proper times and, and the right way to disobey. So there are exceptions... When, when when it comes to our earthly authorities. And in fact, the scriptures are filled with these exceptions. I'll give you one example. Daniel chapter 3. You have three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were followers of the one true God who got in trouble when they deliberately disobeyed an order from the king. In the story, we're told King Nebuchadnezzar makes an image of gold, and and he commands all the people, when the music plays, you fall down and worship, or you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, the music, they strike up the band, and three men are left standing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? I mean, Nebuchadnezzar is the king. Haven't we been talking about the fact that we're to obey earthly authorities and these men were followers of God? Were they not being disobedient to God by disobeying this direct order from the king? No. And the reason why is because they properly understood that there is a chain of command and God is at the top of that chain of command. And God's word clearly says, you are to have no other gods before me. And where is God? God's everywhere, right? So that means you're to have no other gods in my presence anywhere, period. That's my law. That's my command. So when God's laws, when man's laws go against God's laws, we go with God's law. That's the point. That's the uh, uh, exception here. When man's authority goes against God's authority, we go with God's authority. I was giving a talk a while back in in a previous church about missionaries that we had that we were supporting that were serving in restricted areas. And I explained to them, a restricted area is an area where it's against the law to share Christ and distribute Christian material. And I had a young girl... Call me down afterwards call me to the side and ask me a great question. She says If it's against the law in these areas of the world To share Christ and distribute material and we're called as Christians to obey the law of the land Are those missionaries being disobedient toward God and it's a great question and, and, and it's, it's what Solomon is, is addressing here when he's addressing the question, are there any exceptions when it comes to obeying our authorities? And of course, I told her, yes. A wise and discerning Christian will know when man's laws say one thing and God's laws say another. And when that happens, you go with God's law. And isn't that what the followers of Christ did in the book of Acts? I mean, I mean they went out. And they shared the gospel, they spread the Christian faith, they started churches, and they suffered as a result of that by the authorities. By Jewish authorities in the first century, and by Roman rulers in the later centuries. So there are exceptions. There are. Do we oppose authorities when they tell us not to speak for Christ and share his gospel? Absolutely. Do we oppose authorities when they tell us not to worship the one true God or to worship another God? Absolutely. Do we uh, reject authority if it calls for us to compromise ourselves morally and biblically? By all means, reject that kind of authority. But for the most part, we're to obey earthly authorities. Here's the last point. Understand the limits of earthly authorities. Though there are some in here that we've talked about already who care very little, and and, and all of us in in certain areas, we we question authority and we have difficulty with authority. There are also others who put way too much stock into earthly authorities, especially in our country. And for those of y'all on this boat, Solomon has a word for you in verse 7 and 8. He says, For he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has the power to retain the spirit or the power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. Many think, man, the future of our world and our country is solely in our hands. If this guy gets elected, the end of the world is coming. And if this guy gets elected, it's the answer to all of our problems and all of our prayers. Now, don't get me wrong. Voting is our duty. As Americans committed to the democratic process, that is our duty. You should know that that is expected of you to vote. And God works in and through the circumstances of life, doesn't he? God works through that. He is sovereign in that way. But what I'm saying is this. We should not put so much stock into our civic duty that we lose our eternal perspective. That is so key. Solomon tells us in these two verses that though the earthly authorities are significant, though they are God-ordained, though their decisions they make, they affect us personally, nationally, and globally. Earthly authorities have limitations. They do. In these two verses of Scripture, Solomon shows us these limitations. He makes the point in these verses that no one, not even the most powerful of earthly authorities, knows what's going to happen in the day ahead. None of them are ultimately over the the day of death, one's day of death, and they can't completely restrain evil. And get this, all earthly authorities, without exception, will be subject to a greater judgment by the one true heavenly authority the Lord God. That should help you sleep good at night, shouldn't it? Though we should have a respect for, humbly submit to, and not rise up in opposition against earthly authorities, more than that, we should be subservient to our heavenly authority. Solomon reminds us here in these verses that it is God who is all-powerful. It is God who is sovereign. He is the ultimate one we should follow because He is the one in control of the world around us. He has our life in our hands. He has control over our life and our death. He is in control over our enemies. He is in control over all things. Therefore, we need to be under His authority ultimately and be subservient to Him. I want to end this morning by speaking to both groups that I've talked about this morning because I believe all of us are in one of of two of those groups this morning either we we have too issue with authority or we put too much stock into earthly authorities maybe you're in the first group maybe you're just like grandma I just can't I can't trust in in earthly authority I just can't place myself under it let me encourage you this morning to Not be swayed by societal views of of authority, but instead look to God. Look to God to see how God views authority. And this week in your spiritual growth guide that you have in your your bulletin, I've got several different passages from the Word of God that that talk about how we are to view earthly authorities. And what you're going to find in Scripture is authority in Scripture is a God thing. It is. It is. God has created us with authority, hasn't he? And he has created us to be under authority. He has given us authority over his world, and he has also created us to be under his divine authority. But though that's the case, you know what man did, right? What did man do? Man rebelled against God's authority. That's the reason why Solomon is having to write this chapter here in Ecclesiastes 8. God created us to be under authority and to live under authority, but, but, but we all have rebelled against authority, especially God's authority. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you realize that, that you've been guilty of doing just that. You've been guilty of rejecting God's rule and His reign in your life, and up to this point, you have been going at life on your own. Listen, though you may think you're behind the wheel, in control, the master of your own ship, the the, the 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 captain of your own ship, the master of your own faith. Your life is in God's hands. It is. Therefore, you need to give your life to Christ, and rightly live under God's rule and reign. To the second group, to those of you putting all your stock into earthly authorities, listen get this, you want to secure for yourself a glorious future, that is not ultimately contingent upon you picking up a voter registration, filling it out, and casting your vote. It's ultimately dependent upon you giving your life to Christ, denying yourself taking up your cross and following Him. You want to secure for yourself a glorious future? That's the way to secure it. Guaranteed. In a few moments when the band plays, you're going to have an opportunity to give yourself over to the proper authority. And I pray if you have not, that today would be the day that you turn from your life of sin and give your life to Christ and begin a new life, a wonderful life under God's authority. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you today just asking your forgiveness, God, for the fact that we've been so swayed by this world And we often just ignore what your word says. Especially when it deals with matters of authority. Father, I'm guilty of that. Questioning, not trusting those in in positions of leadership. Not trusting that you are ultimately in control and just submitting to and following you. Father, comfort us today. For those who are, who are struggling with, with, with trust and those who are struggling with, with being under authority, Father, just comfort us today. Change our heart and our life. So just, just set us at ease that you are ultimately in control. Father, for, for uh, those of us in here who, who put too much stock into earthly authority, forgive us, Father, for not seeing that it's ultimately you who are on the throne who are in control. Forgive us for not submitting to you and and surrendering to you and following, ultimately following you. Father, if there's anyone in here this morning who does not know you, who is not under your authority, who up to this point in their life, they have just been living for themselves going at life on their own. Father, I pray that you would show them this morning, just, just change their heart and life this morning, show them their need to submit to you. And I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.